The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Nehemiah's passion led to praying. Nehemiah's praying led to faith. Nehemiah's faith led to change. Nehemiah's change brought fear. How many know when change comes in your life, fear comes? The unknown, what, what we don't know, what we're not sure of. And how many know often that God calls us to do something that is only something that, that it's, it's something that requires faith, but only something that He can do? I want you to think with me through Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, by faith, the Bible says, and it goes through all those people. By faith, Noah built an ark to the saving of his house. Think about it. It hadn't rained before. Noah had to prepare for something that had never happened before. He had to do something he had never done before. He had to send a message he had never said before. He had to believe something he had never experienced before. And he had to just take God at his word. Listen, faith is the substance of things hoped for, is the evidence of things not seen. But the enemy of faith is fear. It's when we're afraid, when we think that it can't be done. I tell you, whenever it creeps into your heart or mind that God can't do something, you need to cast that thought down because there's nothing that God cannot do. God is able to do all things. Without, uh, with, without Him, nothing can be done, but all things, even the impossible, can be done with God. How many believe that God can do the impossible? Say it, church. God can do the impossible. Do you believe that? Say it. God can do the impossible. Say it with me. God can do the impossible. He asked us to say it twice. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? I never had that before. That took faith for you, didn't it? Some of you just waking up now. Say it in Spanish. Come on. God can do the impossible. Come on, Spanish folks. Help us out. Help us out. Yes. Whatever they said. Yes, God can do the impossible. You know, there's nothing too hard for God. But often the impossible is fearful to us. It's, it's something that brings anxiety into our life. And the first enemy of our faith is fear. When God changes our hearts and breaks them for, for others, uh, uh, you know, people begin to notice what's happening in our lives. Change. Notice that the king notices about Nehemiah that his countenance is not like it's ever been before. That says something about Nehemiah. The Bible says that He had never been before sad in the presence of the king. I don't think that Nehemiah's life had been perfect up to this point of time. But there's something to be said about someone who doesn't allow their circumstances to change their countenance. Listen, I'll tell you something. Let God change your countenance. God can give you a good countenance. God can lift up your countenance. Circumstances shouldn't be able to change your countenance. I said this in Sunday school. Don't be that person that everybody sees the rain cloud over your head and they see you coming from across the parking lot, down the aisle, into the pew, and they scoot over because they're afraid they're going to get wet. Because that rain cloud follows you everywhere you go. Listen, notice Nehemiah was not broken in his countenance or uh, downcast in his countenance because of what happened to him, but because of his concern for others. He was concerned over Jerusalem, his people, God's people. Listen, that God's people were in captivity. He was concerned. He was brokenhearted over what God was brokenhearted over. Listen, it's okay to sit down and weep 
and fast and pray for certain days when God breaks your heart about what his heart is broken over. But notice Nehemiah got up and he went back to work. How many know that? That's hard to do. Monday morning came and he was still the king's cupbearer. Chapter 1, verse number 11. For I was the king's cupbearer. What do we see him doing in chapter 2 and verse number 1? Being the king's cupbearer. He didn't walk out. He didn't quit. He didn't say, okay, my responsibilities are all done. He said, I'm going to continue doing what God told me to do until he makes a way for me to do what he called me to do. Until God gives me the opportunity. Now notice in chapter 2, verse number 1, it was four months later. Listen, that's how we know God called him. Because over that period of time, he didn't lose his call. Listen, don't let time take away your calling. You with me? Don't let time take away your calling. Time has a way of eroding the callings of God in our life. But can I remind you that the callings of God are without repentance. That when God calls us to do something, you know, the best thing we can do, like Jonah, hey, when Jonah ran from God, did he still have a calling to go, from Nineveh, go to Nineveh? He ran from God. He went the opposite direction. He got in the ship, but God still had a calling on his life. And I can tell you this morning, if you've been running from God, if over time you've allowed your calling to slip and you've, you've allowed it to uh, time to erode and you've gotten away from God and God's calling for your life, uh, don't let time take away your calling. Keep following God. Keep going forward for Jesus Christ. You know, time sometimes keeps us from our calling, but for Nehemiah, it was a preparation time. For Nehemiah, it was a faith-building time. For Nehemiah, it was an opportunity-seeking time. For Nehemiah, it was, when, God, are you going to do it? Listen, don't ever lose sight that God can do something just because he tells you he's going to do something and he doesn't do it tomorrow. Don't lose sight of God's calling for your life. Sometimes we go and we say, God, you said you bless me if I obey you. Where's the blessing? It didn't happen tomorrow, so I quit. You with me? Uh, You know, know, God, I tithe today. It's Sunday. And uh, you said you're going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on me. And where is it? And by the way, if you're giving with that motivation, you, you miss the point. Obedience to God precedes blessing. Faith precedes God's, God's miracles. We have, to, we have to respond in faith to God's word. We have to believe that God can. How many believe that God can take your soul to heaven? How many believe that God has saved your soul from eternal punishment in hell? How many believe that? Listen, what? What can God not do then? Are you with me? If God can take you to heaven, if God can save you from hell, if the Lord Jesus Christ had come and die on the cross, what circumstance in your life that is so menial in, in, in comparison to that great work of God in salvation, what is it that God can't do? Don't let time steal your calling. Listen, the change in us can bring fear in our lives, and fear can stop us if we don't give it to God. You look at verse number four, he says, or verse number three, or yes, verse number two, there we are. Then I was very sore afraid. Let me, let me just give you a couple things this morning about fear and faith. Number one, if you want to jot these down, if you just want to pay attention, if these can be a help to you, but I believe uh, they'll help you from God's word here this morning. Number one, fear sees the challenges. Fear sees the challenges while faith sees opportunities. Fear sees the challenges while faith sees the opportunities. There were some challenges. Timing, we mentioned, was a challenge. Fear of judgment from the king was a challenge. How about this? Fear of death. He could have lost his life by showing up with this sad countenance, by making a request. Listen, the king, the time had to be right. The king had to be right. 
Everything had to be aligned. And you know what? Nehemiah was there. He was waiting for God to do. But you know what he did during that period of time? He waited on the Lord, but he continued to serve. He continued to be faithful. He continued to to fulfill his responsibilities. That's what the Bible means when it says, they that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 40, 31, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That doesn't mean those that sit on their hands after they pray. Remember what we talked about last week in Nehemiah's pray? What you do after you pray reveals what you meant in praying. What, what will you do after you pray reveals your faith in praying. In other words, when I get up and if I'm assigned myself to do nothing, then I didn't really believe when I prayed. But if, if, I, if I get up from my knees after praying and I say, God, I'm going to get to work now and I'm going to believe that it's done and I'm going to believe that you're, you're doing it and you're working and even if my plan changes or my thoughts change, you're going to get this thing done because you've called me to do it. I'm going to believe that God can do that. What we do after we pray reveals really our faith in praying. And here he is, he's, he's seeing uh, these challenges and there's a, there's a fear that creeps up. But can, can I say, if you fear God, you don't have to fear man. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What are we beginning to see in Nehemiah's life? Great wisdom is about to come into his heart, into his mind, into his life as he answers this king. There was a fear of timing. There was a fear of judgment. There was a fear of death. How many know when when you know you need to do something and God's called you to do it, often the hardship is when do I do it? God, when do I take this step? God, I know you want me to do this, but, you know, just kind of illustratively this morning as we talked about this property next door, six and a half years ago praying, God, it would be nice, and then continuing to pray, and then then just in this past year, every time we drive by praying and Walking over and praying and asking God and praying and believing God can and praying. Are you with me? And praying and praying and praying. And then how about this? Making preparations along the way. Planning, preparing, believing God can and continuing to work. Just continuing to work because God knows the timing of it all. This is what I believe. I believe when God does it, it happens at the right time. Are you with me? When God does it, it happens at the right time. Often you and I, we do things at the wrong time. How many know a word fitly spoken? You know what that means? A word at the right time? A word in the right place, in the right place? How many know sometimes you can speak too soon? You ever hear that, too soon? I said that too early. I shouldn't have said that. I should have held back on that. You know, sometimes I'm preaching next week's message before I should. You know, I need to wait. And, and you know, there, there, there's times where we just, we need to keep our mouths closed. How many know that? There's a time to answer and a time to be quiet. There's a time to be silent. Sometimes God would have us answer not a word. Sometimes God would have to have us to be quiet and to be still. Sometimes God does a work and we want to publish it. We want to tell everybody what God did. And God just says, hey, listen, that's a work I did in your heart. Just, just keep that to yourself for a little bit. Don't say anything. Just keep it to yourself and pray. And believe that I can. And, and sometimes we, we go out and we want to push things. We want to prod things and we want to make them happen. Come on, we're Jersey livers here. You know, we're, we're living in Jersey. We push and if, if it doesn't get out of the way, we run it over. Right? Drive on the parkway. You know what I'm talking about. I, I always read those bumper stickers, don't push. And then I see people like they're right up on the, right up on the bumper. If, you don't, if you're not in Jersey very long, you know yield means put your pedal to the metal. Jump out in front. 
Now, yield means you don't have the right of way. That means let someone else go before you. That's what yield means. That's literally what it means. But sometimes we act like that means I need to get out in front of the person. I need to get, and listen, when we get out in front of God, we get in trouble. Are you with me? When we get out in front of God, we get in trouble. I don't want to get out in front of God. I want to get behind God, and I want to get as close to uh, him as I can while I'm behind him. Listen, step for step, stride for stride. You know, I want to be right there with him. I don't want to be lagging far behind. Come on, you don't want to play catch up with God either. Like where God called you and you're just kind of like, you know, you're a little bit slow to move. You're the, uh, you're the rain cloud person. Anybody know Eeyore? Everything, the rain cloud, all the time. You know, all the time something was bad. All the time something was wrong. Listen, faith sees opportunities. Fear sees obstacles. Sometimes all we see, all we see is the challenges. All we see is why we can't. Listen, how many are tired of hearing why the church can't grow, why the church can't see revival, why the church can't? I'm tired of reading all the statistics and all the things because I want to just put a big word right there in all their little statistics. God. God. Their statistics mean nothing when God comes in because God can do anything. It doesn't matter what statistics say, and it doesn't matter what the church trend says, and it doesn't matter what society is saying. It doesn't matter that evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. All that matters is that God's people express faith and believe that God can. And I believe God can. How about you? God can. We've got to get behind Him and not see the obstacles, but see the opportunities. How many thankful that There are people in your life that didn't look at you like an obstacle, but they looked at you like an opportunity. They saw the potential instead of the problems. Are you with me? They saw the potential instead of the problems. I'm going to tell you this morning, God sees your problems, but God sees past your problems because he paid for your problems on the cross. And now all you are to him is potential. All you are is what you can be in Christ. All you are is what you can be in your likeness to Christ because he wants to make you. Like Jesus. How many know that you can't be made anything better than like Jesus? What is the world trying to do? Make us into their image. Be not conformed, church. Don't let the world stamp its image on you. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God change your mind. Let God help you to see what everybody else can't see. How many are glad for people that can walk in a room and see the good where everybody else sees the negative? Listen, it does not take anybody to come and give a report to any kind of leader and say, this is a, there's a lot of problems. How many remember that song in Sunday school, 12 men went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad, two were good. I can't even remember the, the signs. I should make you all do it this morning. Twelve men went to spy on Canaan, ten were bad and two were good. You know, what, what, what does it say in the song? Some saw giants big and tall, some saw grapes of clusters long, some saw God was in it all. You know, there were spies that brought back the report. Listen, the report should have been, God said he gave us the land, let's go take it. It doesn't matter what's in the land. It doesn't matter the obstacles in the land, and it doesn't even matter the blessings that are in the land, because blessings are obstacles, it doesn't matter. If God says we're going to take it, we're going to take it. If God says we can have it, we can have it. And what happened? Their lack of faith caused them to have to wander for 40 years Their lack of faith caused them not to be able to enter into the promised land. You know, they should have been able to go in, but they didn't have faith. How many don't want to be the crowd wandering the wilderness 
when God's saying go forward in the promised land. Those, those two, Joshua and Caleb, got to go. You know why? Because they brought back a good report. Everybody saw the negative. They saw the positive. Giants, no big deal. Walls, we'll walk around them. They'll fall down. God has a plan. Joshua didn't know about God's plan for Jericho. But Joshua crossed the land. Listen, they didn't even know how they were going to cross the Jordan. But when they stepped in the water, the water parted. You with me? That's how God works. God says, go. We take a step. We put our feet in the water and then God parts it. You know what we want God to do? We want God to part the water before we put our feet in it. You with me? We want to see it before we put our step there. And God says, just believe me that it's there. Put your foot there and then I'll part the waters. And then I'll cause you to cross over on dry land. But somebody has to be willing to get in first and get their feet wet. Are you with me? Listen, we've got to be those people. We've got to be willing to get in and get our feet wet. Fear sees the challenges while faith sees opportunities. Number two, fear sees the failures. Faith sees the preparation. Fear sees the failures. Faith sees the preparation. You know what fear says? Don't try. You'll fail. How many have not tried something because you were afraid you were going to fail at it? If it was skydiving, it's okay. That's a natural, normal fear. I don't know that God intended for us to jump out of perfectly good airplanes. If God told you to, you better jump out. You better have a chute on. If he told you to jump out without a chute on, I'd question your sanity. I'm just kidding. Uh, But, you know, sometimes, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but if our God does not deliver us, we won't bow, we won't bend, we won't break, we won't sin against God, whether we have to be thrown in the fire or not. You know, fear only sees failure, doesn't it? You know why a lot of people, a great percentage of people don't do anything? It's because of the fear of failure. I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. I like what Edison said. He found thousands of ways not to make a light bulb before he made a light bulb. Are you with me? He found thousands of ways to not make a light bulb before he made a light bulb. You know, anybody who's ever discovered anything found thousands of ways not to do something before they did the right thing. But nobody gets anything done being afraid of failing. As a matter of fact, a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Now unto him does Abraham keep us from falling. How many glad that God can raise us up? And God can raise us up. And God can raise us up. But don't sit there on your hands as a believer waiting for God to do a miracle in your life while you don't take a stride, while you don't take a step, while you don't put your hand to the plow, while you're not being obedient to God's will. Some people are coming to church and they're saying, God, give me a miracle. And God, give me this. And God, give me that. And they won't take a step. And they won't even leave their door. They won't even cross their street to tell somebody about Jesus. I tell you, if we believe in the gospel, we believe that God can change the city for Christ. Are you with me? If we believe that, we've got to go. We've got to stop praying that God's going to send somebody else. God, send somebody else to tell them. God said, I already sent somebody. You're here. I sent you. You know how many people are sitting in the pews today in church not doing anything? I'm saying not doing anything for Christ. Why? Because they think this is doing something. Well, I'm better than the status quo because at least I go to church. I'm with you. We should go to church, but I'm preaching the choir. You're in church, right? So you got through that step. What I'm saying is don't let this be your last step this week for Christ. This is the first step. 
It's Sunday. It's the beginning of the week. We're coming together. You know what this is? This is the huddle before we break to run the play. Are you with me? Some people think the, game's, the game is one in the huddle. The game's not one in the huddle, but it's, it, it is called in the huddle, and we leave the huddle, and we break from the huddle, and we run the play. Let me ask you a question. You think you don't know what the play is? It's right here. Here's the playbook. You know what you need to know? You need to know the playbook so when God calls the play, you can, you can run it. God says, study to show yourself approved unto God. You know how many Christians are going headlong into cults? How many Christians are going headlong into following conspiracy theories? Uh, how many Christians are sitting home saying the church is dead and the church is done and they're listening to people on YouTube and all this nonsense and they think, I don't have to go to church anymore? If they would just read this, they would know better. If they would just know this, they would be able to, all those people whispering and saying all these things. Listen, those guys in their mom, their parents' basements with a webcast. Are you with me? You, you got, open up your Bible. Read the Word of God. Study and know that you can do what God's saying in His Word you can do. And by the way, God's Word is applicable across all times because His truth is to every generation. Did you get that? His truth, He said, is to every generation. That's why God didn't put non-generational things in his word. He says all of this applies to every culture, every people, every generation. It doesn't matter what your culture is. It doesn't even matter where you came from, what, what country you're from. God's word applies to all people in all places, in all times, everywhere. You know what happens? We make it irrelevant when we try to put it into our time only. When we try to say we're the best time or we're doing it the best way, I, I tell you, God's word is applicable. Fear says don't try, you'll fail. Faith says pray and plan. Let me ask you this. What are you planning right now that you prayed about? What are you planning right now that you prayed about? You say, what are you talking about? Some people pray and they never plan. You know what that means? They don't believe what they prayed. If you prayed and you believe that God called you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get up and you're going to start planning. If I really believe God wants me to do something, i got to set a plan to it. How many know a, a plan, a, a not to plan is to plan to fail? When I don't plan at all, when I make no preparations, it means I don't have any faith. But when I have faith, I'm going to get up and make a plan. I'm going to start to devise a plan. And yes, I'm going to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? God, what steps would you have me to take? But how many know that God gave you a brain for a reason? You with me? Some people are waiting for God to tell them every single step and every single detail. You know what God does? He gave you a brain. He gave you a life. He gave you money. He gave you resources. He gave you time. And you know what he says? Here's what I want you to do. Find a way to get it done with the resources I gave you. You know what Nehemiah stepped back and said? I'm the cupbearer. I have an audience with the king. I've got to leverage that for God. I've got to find a way to get the king on board with what God wants me to do. How many know that? That's scary. Because he didn't know. He didn't, he didn't know what that king was going to say. He didn't know what his response was going to be. How many know that God holds the king's heart in his hand? He turns it whithersoever he will. You all with me this morning? Are you sleeping? God holds the king's heart in his hand. He turns it whithersoever he will. You know what that means? God, when he, makes a, when, he, when he calls us, when he tells us what to do, and when we get busy doing what God told us to do, he prepares the way for us. He says it's prepared. I'm glad that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The way is always Jesus. Fear says don't try, you'll fail. Faith says pray and plan. 
How about this one? Number three, fear looks around. Fear sees the loneliness. Faith sees the laborers. Fear sees the loneliness. Faith sees the laborers. Here's another problem. Here's another logistical problem to Nehemiah's plan. Nehemiah was needing to build a what, church? All right, we're in the book of Nehemiah, so the Old Testament. Nehemiah was needing to build a what, church? A wall, because it was what, church? Broken down. And he needed to build it up because God told him to build it up. Nehemiah was a what? A cupbearer. Does it say Nehemiah was an architect? Does it say Nehemiah was a, was a general contractor? Nehemiah was a king's cupbearer. Nehemiah was in a years of captivity. Nehemiah was detached from Jerusalem. Nehemiah hadn't been there himself to see the condition of the wall. Someone else had to tell him what it was like. Nehemiah was moved by the report, called by God, moved to his knees to pray and fast, and now was taking steps to do something he had never done before. Don't tell me that fear doesn't set in. Fear was setting in. How am I going to do this? I don't know how to do it, and I don't have anybody to help me. You with me? You know who God gave him to help him first? The king of the land. You know what God was about to say? I'm about to resource you in a way that no one's ever been resourced. I'm going to give you all the resources that you need because you have the faith that pleases me. You with me? When God is pleased, when we express faith, God is pleased and God provides for us. God makes a way. Listen, my family and I, we are more resourced now than we have ever been in our entire life. Not because we have more money. We don't have any money, but because God just keeps making a way. Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm not saying that just to say, uh, uh, you know, God just does. I'm just saying you follow God and God makes a way. God prepares. God plans. God tells us, hey, you take a step and God makes a way. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here this morning. I'm not talking about that God gives you what you want so you can do what you want. I'm talking about God gives you what you need so you can do what he's called you to do. Are you with me? And all the other stuff, all the extras, that's blessing for you to use for other people. Are you with me? Nehemiah wasn't asking for resources for him, but he did say, I need some timber to build the house I'm going to live in while I'm building the wall. He said, God, I need timber for the gates, but also for the house I'm going to live in while I'm building the wall because i got to stay somewhere. What does that tell us about Nehemiah's plan? Nehemiah planned to stay somewhere, but he didn't know where. And by the way, where he was planning to stay hadn't been built yet. He had to build it. He wasn't going to step in. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you the problem today is with people is that they're wanting someone to build something for them so they can get handed, it can get handed to them so they can step into it and no, they don't have to do any work. I'll tell you, that doesn't work in ministry and it doesn't work in life. Where are the people that are saying, hey, listen, I am willing to do what God has called me to do, believing in a God who has every resource that I need and can bring everything I need across the table for me. Do you believe that God can make a table in the wilderness? Do you believe that God can can make a table in the wilderness? Do you believe that God can bring down food from the sky? I'm not, I'm not talking crazy this morning. It's in the Bible. If it wasn't in the Bible, you could call me crazy, but it's in the Bible. God brought food from the sky. God caused shoes not to wear out. God caused water to part. God brought water out of rocks. Are you with me? Water out of rocks. That's our God. 
God. And he hasn't changed at all. Not one little bit. He hasn't lost a little bit of power. He hasn't lost any of his steam. He hasn't lost any of his resources. He's still the same God. God didn't change. We changed. It's time God's people changed back. It's time we look back and listen, God might turn our captivity. Are you with me? God might turn our captivity. There's some people like Nehemiah that said, God, I'll go. God, I'll do. God, break my heart so I can build up what's broken down. Do you see the society we live in? Is it broken? Does it need some builders today? Are you with me? Does marriage need some builders today? Does the home need some builders today? Does the church need some builders today? Does our city need some builders today? Listen, I don't care if you're coming from Monmouth County or Ocean County or all around. I believe today with all my heart that God has some builders. Where are they? Where's some Nehemiahs? You say, I'm nothing. I'm not an architect. I can't build anything. Listen, God can resource you if you'll just take a step, step of faith and put your life on the line for it. Nehemiah is saying, if this costs me, I'm willing to do it. He was willing to put his own life on the line for what God called him to do. Fear looks around, sees the loneliness. Faith looks ahead and sees the laborers. You know what Jesus said, the prayer request he told us to pray? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, I've been praying that God send laborers, God send laborers, God send laborers. I believe that God can. Are you with me? Here you are. You just didn't know you were a laborer, but God sent you. So you must be. You must be. God put you here. Don't you think that God brought you here to sit? Some of you, I understand, you might be bruised. You might need some healing. You might have had some hurts. You might have come from some places where people told you some things that just weren't true. But I tell you that God is true. God's word is true. And God has a wonderful plan for you. Get involved and get busy for Christ. God has a plan for us. Don't look around and say, I'm all alone. I can't, I, I can't do it because I'm all alone. Listen, look ahead and see the laborers. They're there. God has labors for us. We just have to step into, why would God send us workers to do nothing? Why would God give us land, church, to do nothing? Why would God give us more to do nothing? God doesn't give things to waste. How many know that God doesn't waste anything? God doesn't waste anything. God doesn't give anything to waste. And let me tell you this, a life given to God is never a waste. Some people listen to the world saying, oh, you give your, oh, what a waste of your Sunday. You're going to church. You could be at the beach. You could be doing this. You could be doing that. I tell you, it's never a waste to give God your best. It's never a waste to give God your first. God will make the little bit you have left go a lot further when you give it to God. You let God do what he wants to do with it. Listen, you own a business, give it to God. You have a family, give it to God. You are married this morning, give your marriage to God. You have children, give them to God. God will do a lot more with it than you will. God will give you direction. God will give you strength. Listen, but you know what it is right now that's creeping in, even as the word of God is being given this morning? A little fear. I'm a little afraid. I don't know if I can give. I don't know if I can do. I don't know if it can be accomplished. Listen, you tell that fear to take, 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 you know, to take a hike down the road because your God is with you and God is able to do all things. I can't even speak and God called me to preach. Are you with me? Moses said, this is the first thing he said, God, I can't speak. Yet God made him one of the greatest orders, spokesmen, writers in Jewish history. They're still quoting the books of Moses. They're still talking about Moses. 
Why? He couldn't speak. Listen, how many know that your handicaps are not a problem for God? Your handicaps are not a problem for God. Listen, if everybody else in the world looks at you and sees a loser and you can't do anything and you're never picked and nobody thinks you have enough talent or ability, listen, you're a perfect example for what God can use. Because some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in what they see, but we trust in what's unseen. Come on, if you're a loser like me, you just felt a little better. Maybe you got picked last, but... In God's economy, it's an upside-down kingdom. The first are last, the last are first, the greatest is the servant of all. That is God's kingdom. Are we in that kingdom? We're in the kingdom of this world. Fear looks around and sees no one to help. Faith sees laborers. Number four, fear sees the barriers. Faith sees the breakthroughs. Fear sees the barriers. Faith sees the breakthroughs. You know, fear cries in front of closed doors while faith charges through doors that nobody can shut. Did you get that? Fear cries in front of closed doors while faith charges through doors no man can shut. If God closes a door, he might not open a window, as it said. He may just open another door. I don't know if God wants you to crawl into anybody's window. Some of us, we'd be willing. Listen, sometimes God wants you to lower the man through the roof. Are you with me? Sometimes God wants you to have the, uh, the wherewithal to find another way that nobody else could find to get people to where God wants you to bring them. But I'll tell you this morning, that as we see the barriers that are in front of us, come on, are you with me? So we don't have enough resources, we don't have enough money, we don't have enough time, we don't have enough... This. We could sit around and say, we don't have enough, we don't have enough, or we could say this, church, this morning, we came in to boldly declare, we have God. We have God. What else do we need? If God be for us, who can be against us? Are you with me? We have God. What are we doing fearful? What are we doing afraid? What are we doing sitting back when God says that the church of the living God, the very gates of hell shall not prevail against us? What are we doing? It's time to get up. It's time to get busy. It's time to charge forward. It's time to take a step forward of faith to God. And I'm talking about right now, today in your heart. You say, what do you mean? Well, maybe you've been sitting around. Maybe you've been doing nothing. Maybe it's been a while before you took that wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ, that good news, and you shared it with somebody. But God left us here, church. Do you believe God left us here to be salt and light or not? Are you like me where you see the problem that the salt a little bit has lost its savor? That the light has been hid too long underneath the bushel? You know what God's saying to us? Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine. Let your salt be savoring. Let God bring some healing. Let us be the people of God, the remnant of God, the kingdom of God that's present in the world today, that's able to see the wonders of God happen around us. Well, men are doing what they will do. There's always kings that are sitting in palaces drinking wine. But where's the Nehemiah that will stand before him and say, I have a request? Did you get that this morning? There will always be kings in palaces sitting there drinking wine, doing nothing about, listen, didn't the king have resources to do himself? What did he need? He needed a Nehemiah. He needed somebody to say, here's the problem. You have the resources. Here's the problem. God gave you the resources so that this problem can be solved. You believe God can this morning? 
Do you believe that? Listen, if you believe God can, I want you this morning, whatever problem you're facing right now, whatever situation that you're in right now, whatever difficulty you're facing right now, I want you to just put God in the sentence again. Because that's a big word that we often count out, and you should never count God out. Three days he was in the grave, and the devil counted them out, and the world counted them out, and the disciples counted them out, but up from the grave he arose. Are you with me? Everybody said he was dead. His disciples went back and cried and said, it never happened. And he told them he was rising after the third day. What happened? As it began to dawn towards the morning of the first day of the week, what happened? Came Mary to the sepulcher. What did she find? He is not here, for he is risen. As he said. What does that mean? God always does what he says he'll do, even if it doesn't look like it's going to get done. How can it get done if the Savior's dead? How can it get done if Jesus is dead? How can the plan move forward with him in the grave? Because he's going to rise from the grave. The same resurrection power he has placed in us. The same spirit of Christ he's placed in us. You know what we've done? We've listened to other spirits too long. We need to listen to the spirit of God this morning. Try the spirits to see whether they're God. Those spirits in your life that are saying you can't, you won't, it'll never happen. Listen, you need to listen to the Spirit of God this morning and say, God, give me the faith to do what you called me to do. I'm going to believe God can. Raise your hand. You believe God can this morning. Put them up. You believe God can this morning. Look around. Look around. There's some other people. Oh, I don't want to look at anybody. They'll make eye contact. I'm making you accountable this morning. You said you believe God can. Listen, that lost family member. That's not saved. God can. You with me? That marriage is coming apart. God can. Those kids that are wayward. God can. That bill that needs to be paid. God can. Are you with me? God can do it. We've got to believe he can do it again. Let us be the people of God that rise up. While the church is in captivity. While the land needs healing. I believe God can. The calling will go past today if you really believe it. It'll march forward in your heart as you go through this week. And listen, as we break the huddle today, let's go run the play, church. You with me? Let's do what God's called us to do. We're not in a competition with each other. We're running a race. There's a great cloud of witnesses saying, God can, God can, God can. Can I say this this morning? Don't look at me. I'm going to fail you. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, set down at the right end of the throne of God. Look to Jesus. He's the one that did. And it's all finished in him. Say it, church. God can. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.